Well, good morning, Good Shepherd, and Happy New Year, whether you are live or live streaming. I'm Talbot Davis, the pastor here, and uh, really glad to be connecting with you on this very first Sunday of the year 2022, and for the very first Sunday in this new message series called By Design, a series where we're going to be looking at like where did you come from and why did you come from there and what does God want for you? And, and towards the middle of the series, we've got some really cool tools that we're going to be able to, to uh, make use of together, where, whether you're live or whether you're live stream. And those tools will help us figure out where we are in this thing that we call at Good Shepherd, a living relationship with Jesus Christ. So we put all this together on purpose and for purpose and glad that you're here for the very first message in it, which is called by design, uh, called the series is called by design Talent but the message is called Grand Design. And this message and actually all the messages in this series come from Psalm number 139. And so maybe you have a Bible that looks like this or maybe your Bible is loaded on your phone. Either way that you have it, I want to invite you to locate Psalm number 139 in that Bible. And if your Bible is not here, that's okay. The words are going to be up on the screen as they are whenever we gather together. And and the reason that, that we put them up on the screen or that I encourage you to check for yourself in your own Bible is because at Good Shepherd... There's a couple of things we believe about the Bible that we just keep telling ourselves week after week after week. And, and one of those things that we believe about the Bible is that although this looks like a book and I'm holding something that has two covers and pages in between, this is not a book. It's a library, a, section of a, a collection of a lot of books written by a lot of authors over a long span of time. And here's the really pivotal thing to remember. In many, many different writing styles, genre, if you want to use a fancy word, writing style, when we're in the book of Psalms, the book of Psalms is a collection of songs. So it's, it's, uh, some of you remember growing up in church, if you went to church when you were growing up, I did not, some of you did, you sang out of a hymnal where all the songs were for the day. The book of Psalms was the hymnal for the Old Testament people. And so we're going to be looking at a song that was written about 3,000 years ago, a thousand years or so before Jesus ever showed up on earth. And and, and that's just kind of a fact that the not book is library. This other thing that we remind ourselves about deeply held conviction that you may or may not share. It's okay. We just like to have clarity with with what we believe. And, And it's this. In leadership here, we believe by faith and and by research that there's no other library like this one on earth, that God breathed his life into its words. He put his truth onto its pages. The Bible is inspired, which actually means God breathed. It's inspired, eternal, and true. And because we believe that about the Bible, we do kind of a different thing when we're talking about the Bible together. We lift it up and Maybe you've never been here before and maybe you've never tuned in before and there's phones and Bibles up in the air and and you're just like, that's a little bit different. And you know, we say in response to that, we're not at all defensive about that. We admit it. This is kind of strange. But what we discovered, this is a moment of oddity that shapes our identity as a community. We're a collection of people joyfully surrendered to the authority of the word and ready for its power to be unleashed in our lives. Amen? Amen. And so before I say another word, let's pray. And when we're praying, don't forget to pray with me, but pray for me. Let's pray. 
So God, thank you that, that your word really is inspired and eternal and true, and it's the Holy Spirit who did that. And, and I thank you that the Holy Spirit didn't sit back and rest on his laurels after he was finished inspiring scripture, but that he's here moving and active among us today. So please, God, the Holy Spirit, fill me with a brand new pouring out, a brand new anointing of everything that's good and right and joyful about you. Because Lord, I really am powerless without you, but because of you, I'm never helpless. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. So I don't know if you have ever thought about it this way or not. Maybe you're normal and you haven't, or maybe you're not normal like me and you have, but have you ever pondered how many things are going on inside your body right now that you don't have to think about? And, and what a drag it would be to have to think about all those things that you don't ever think about that are going on inside your body like right now. Like, like take for example, your heart. Go ahead and put your, put your hand over your heart. If, if, if you're here, you're tuning in and you're following the directions, chances are better than 75% that you're going to feel a beat there. But, but you, you, you feel that beat, you might hear that beat, the thump, the thump, the thump. But here's the cool thing. Not one of you ever had to say, we don't talk to our hearts. You didn't have to talk to your heart and say, beat now, will you? And then when it obeyed that command and it beat, then you didn't have to say, now do it again and, and do it again. No, we don't talk to our heart. It just beats or breathing. We don't talk to our lungs. They just inhale and exhale. They're so, but without us ever having to think about it or, or even walking. Like if I want to move from here over to here, I just do it. I don't tell my femur bone to elongate so that my hamstrings and, and my quadriceps will move. I don't know whether which goes first. It just all goes together, but I don't have to tell them to do it. They just do it. You, you do all these things without thinking about them. And do you know, do you know how you know how right I am about all of this stuff that happens in your body when you don't have to think about it? The absolute panic that ensues if your heart stops beating, and that's happened with some of you, or if your heart races out of control, and that's happened to others of you, or if you can't find your breath, or if you lose the ability to move, when all of a sudden you have to think about all those things going on inside your body that you never think about, man, because of the panic and because of the terror, you'd give anything to have things back the way that they were when you didn't have to think about any of them. Well, good shepherd, you are welcome for that lesson in anatomy and physiology, and, and you don't have to leave a special offering on your way out. It's, a, it's an opening year gift for you. But, but, but the good news for you today is that we are fixing to look. I'm from the South. We are fixing to look at Psalm number 139. And actually, we're going to be in Psalm number 139 the whole series long. The next four weeks all come from Psalm 139. And, and even better, Psalm 139 is a song, and it is a song that recognizes and celebrates and actually takes delight in the fact 
that we don't have to think about heart beating, lung breathing, or walking. We don't have to think about any of that stuff because God thought it all up first. Wasn't that nice of him? That we don't have to think it up because God thunk it all at three cheers for God, right? And, and we're going to be looking at this psalm. Not, not only, I've already told you, we're going to be here the whole series long. And some of you are like, oh, thank you, Lord. I never have to look around in my Bible again the rest of the month. But we're going to be starting near the end of the psalm and work our way backwards. We're not starting in verse 1. We're starting in verse 13. We're ending the series in verse 1, but it's okay. It's okay. The Bible never says, not once, not the first time, thou shalt start every sermon series at verse 1. It's not in there. So we are starting sort of towards the middle of the psalm, middle, end, and we're going to see just kind of the remarkable connection of what it says about God and what it says about you. And my great prayer is that you'll never look at your own body or you'll never think about your own self or even what makes you happy, even where contentment is quite the same again. Now, look how it all starts. It's Psalm number 139, verse 13, the first part of verse 13. For you, the song writer says, for you created my inmost being. Now, circle that word you for, for you because it's going to be very tempting. He's talking to God. And it's going to be very tempting as we look at the psalm to think that the psalm is all about us because it's a lot about us. And, and frankly, most of us, like when stuff is about us, don't we? You know, most of us, deep down, we're, we're, we're like that conversation that happens where, where, where you're talking about yourself and you get a little bit tired of talking about yourself and finally you, you say, well, it, it, enough about me, let's talk about you. Tell me, what do you think about me? See, that's, that's how most of us are. And, and without this context, we could think that that's what Psalm 139 is like as well. But the second word, for you... And when it says the word in or the phrase inmost being, you created my inmost being there. Do you know what that word in the ancient language, what, what, what we have translated as inmost being is literally kidney. For you created my kidney. Now you're, you're like, well, why does that say kidney first? And here's why, because when the ancient Israelites slaughtered a cow, or a lamb, and, and we can admit that they were much more, as a population, much more adept at slaughtering animals than we are. But when they would slaughter the animal and render the animal, the kidney was the last organ that they would pull out because it was the most deeply embedded within the animal. And so they felt that the kidney was the seat of all emotions. And, and in fact, ancient Israelites used kidney a lot in the same way that we use heart. And, and so, so you, know, you know what that means, don't you? Guys, guys, you know what that means? If you're wanting to good, get in good with that special lady in your life, you can never do better than, baby, I love you with all my kidneys. It works every single time. Verse 14, take a look at what it says. It says this. No, don't go to verse 14 yet because I'll be at the last part of verse 13. For you created my kidneys, Next phrase, you knit me together in my mother's womb. You knit me together in my mother's womb. Now, now pay attention to that. When it says knit there, there's a kind of a, obviously a knitting analogy, a knitting metaphor. Tuck that away because we're going to come back to it. It features prominently in Psalm 139. 
But notice again, you knit me together in where? In my mother's womb. So in, in Psalm 139, a mother's womb is this, is this simultaneously this place of, of creativity and protection. There's something incredibly sacred going on inside that mother's womb. You took me to the sacred space, Lord, and in that sacred space of my mother's womb, you delicately, perfectly knit me together. And it's, it's so interesting what, what Psalm 139 is doing here because we often, in the year 2022 and a lot of years before, we often ask that question, well, when does life begin? You know, that's kind of a, an urgent, hot topic, both politically, culturally, religiously, and for some of you personally. When does life begin? And it's so interesting because Psalm 139, listen, listen, is not trying to answer that question. Psalm 139 is not a legal brief to be used in Roe versus Wade or the, or the Texas abortion law that has people stirred up. It's not a legal brief. It's a song the Bible's a library and style matters. So, so Psalm 139 isn't trying to answer that question and yet it answers the question. When does life begin? Life begins at the beginning. That from this glorious moment when that egg is fertilized, God begins this delicate, perfecting work of knitting together someone in their mother's womb. If you're pregnant right now, Glory to God, that's happening inside you right now. If you've been pregnant before, that's exactly what went on. We think it's biology. We think it's nature. And Psalm 139 comes along and says, don't fall for any of that. This is sacred stuff in a sacred place. And it's been marvelous the way that... that, that the scripture has known this all along and just science, some of you have seen those ultrasounds and heard those heartbeat beats of baby science comes along and proves what the Bible was singing about 3,000 years ago. Verse 14, take a look at what it says. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. I praise you because I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. You know what that doesn't mean when it says I'm fearfully made? That doesn't mean that you're scary or, or scary looking. Some of you are, but it, that's, that's not. When it, when, it, when it says I'm fearfully and wonderfully made, it, it, it means I am made, I am created with, with such remarkable precision. I, your works are wonderful. I'm one of your works. I'm, I'm one of the works of God. It started in my mom's womb. I'm one of the works of God. Dare I say it? I am a work of art is what Psalm 139 is saying about you and me and everyone else who has ever, ever lived. Verse 15, my frame was not, was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place, when I was what? Woven together in the depths of the earth. And, and there it is again. There, I, I told you, you knit me together in my mother's womb and I said, tuck that away. That metaphor is coming back and there it is when I was woven together in my mother's womb. You know what that means, good shepherd? You, you are embroidered and, and God is an embroiderer. And, and that means I am an embroidery of God. That doesn't seem quite as good as I'm a child of God, does it? 
So glad we sang that one earlier today. It's almost like we planned these things, but I'm so glad that we, that we sang that, that earlier. Um, I'm an embroidery of God, doesn't sing very well, but it's still deeply true. And, and what do you know, whether it's ancient or modern, what do you know about knitting and embroidery and that whole line of work? And I know this from observation and not participation. Can I hear an amen from every guy in the, in the house? Yeah, but w- what do we know about knitting and embroidering? It takes great skill. It's done with great delicacy. You have to have really good hand-eye coordination. And get this, some of you who've done this and some of you who've received a gift, on the backside, it's all cluttered and it doesn't make any sense. And then you turn it over to the front side and there's the completed picture and it all begins to make sense. And, And some of you in your life right now, you're in the middle of that backside. Your life is full of chaos. It doesn't make sense. You can't see through to the other side. You don't know how anything good could possibly come out of the bad that you're going through right now. Don't buy it. Don't believe it. Don't settle for that. God is up to something. Look how it all finished. By the way, before we get to verse 16, notice this, the, the, the biblical library and some of you know this and, and, and others of you may not, but it begins, the, the Bible begins almost literally with a bang. God said, let there be light, boom. And there was light. And Genesis 1 is all about the, 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 in the beginning, God. And it's all about the God of the heavens and the God of inter, uh, the interstellar. And yet here in Psalm 139, it's the God of the intercellular. He's, he's the God of the majestic and the microscopic, the God of black holes out in outer space and the God of your mother's womb and all points in between. And all of it, God's design, God's creation, including, hallelujah, all those things in your life and my life like heart beating and lung breathing that we don't ever have to think about because God thought it all up. And where does our guy in this section of his song in in, in verse 16. Your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. So so this God who who gave you life, who who breathed life into you in in the same way he breathes life into scriptures, he breathes life into you and at one day, Either when Jesus comes back or when you die, one day that that is set to end. And and the psalm writer includes that because he wants us to know that, yeah, God is sovereign over life, but God is full of love even in the middle of death and all points in between, whether it's the black hole or whether it's mom's womb, whether it's the galaxy out there or the microscope in here, God's the God of all of it. And and, and God, it it turns out, God is, is not just the source of everything, thing. He's the purpose of it all. And so you may wonder, well, well, Talbot, all that's good. Thank you for thinking about all that stuff I never think about. Thank you for telling me that I can say to my special lady, I love you with all my kidneys. But what's the, what's the point of it all? What's the reason for, for every one of you who finds contentment so elusive? For every one of you who's a striver and an achiever. For every one of you who discovered, even during Christmas, that the more you get, the more you want. Has anybody else found that out? That the more stuff, the more compliments, the more praise, the more attention you get, the more you want. 
for every one of you for whom that depression has settled in so deeply, it really is a miracle you got out of bed this morning. Wherever you are on that, here's what Psalm 139 wants you to know, wants you to sing and to celebrate. God put his design in you so you would find your delight in him. Because what's the first word of the section? For you. That changes everything. You created my inmost being. I'm not accidental. I didn't just happen. I'm not just a force of nature or a freak of nature. I, because, because I'm not accidental, there's no way you can be merely incidental, Lord. You created my inmost being. And Psalm 139, this closing section of what we're going to be looking at it by design, wants you and me and all of us to know that we have been designed miraculously with great precision but the purpose of that knowledge is not to boost our self-esteem. If you leave here and you're like, man, Psalm 139 says, I am all that. My self-esteem was here when I walked in, but now it's up here. I have failed. It's not to boost your self-esteem. It's to deepen your God delight. Because when you understand how perfectly, how intricately, how lovingly God designed you from the moment of conception till this moment right now. How could you try to locate your design or your meaning or your purpose anywhere or in anyone else? God put his design in you so you'd find your delight in him. A lot of you know I'm the, I'm the youngest and some of you don't know, it's okay. I'm the youngest, you're fixing to, I'm the youngest of eight children and actually a lot younger than, than the other seven. Num there's seven years between number seven, my brother, and me, number eight. And, and my dad was 50 when I was born, and my mom was 46 when I was born. And, and you, you put, kind of put those numbers and factors together, and, and you would be fair to include that, that I wasn't really uh, 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 thought about beforehand. I wasn't, I wasn't an afterthought. I, I, I was... I wouldn't have thought. I was like, whoops. <laughs> and so I, I kind of grew up with this awareness that my very existence is pretty unlikely and pretty improbable. And then as I got to be a teenager and I learned about the facts of life and I learned how to do the math, I just realized, oh, I really am a whoops. And, and so this is kind of something my family has talked about. You know, they've been, well, why are you here? No, they haven't done that is what, what they've done. They've wanted to. We, and and one, one, I was probably 18 or 19 and I was with my mom and she was talking to a friend of hers about her family and she was talking about the eighth Davis who was me and, and I was in a good mood and, and I just chimed in and not with any bitterness. I just said, yeah, I was a mistake. And my mom, God bless her, said, no, not a mistake. A very pleasant surprise. And still, this is the nicest thing she's ever said. <laughs> hey, I'm not looking at a mistake in the bunch. There's not an accident tuning in on live stream. Every one of you is a very pleasant surprise. You have been planned, designed. And all, not so that you would feel great about yourself, but so that your attention would be directed to the one who designed you. Maybe it's even like this that I brought here with me. I have with me a hundred 
dollar bill. It's a Benjamin. I'm hip. I'm cool. Well, how much? How much is this Benjamin worth? That was pitiful. Live stream, I'm, I'm checking on you too. How much is this $100 bill worth? Much better. Well, now how much is it worth? Now how much is it worth? And now how much is it worth? And now how much is it worth? Yeah. What I do to this $100 bill does not change its value one iota. And some of you, you've been dropped. You've been stepped on. You've been ignored. Some of you have been abused. And that does not change your value in the Father's eyes one single cent. Your value is not determined by what people have done to you. It is determined by what Jesus has done for you. And he died for you. He's resurrecting inside you. And he actually is preparing a place for you. Your design, God put his design in you. So you'd stop trying to find your delight in people, in relationships, in accomplishment, in stuff. And you'd find your delight in him. Can I hear an amen for that? And this is so cool. And this is why I think I, I happen to have a, the the best job anywhere and I love learning stuff and being able to share it with you but you don't have to know a whole lot about the Bible or history or Jewish religion or any of that to to know that and if you don't know it it's okay but the God of the Bible really doesn't like idolatry it's like the first commandment you should have no other gods before me and the second commandment is a lot like it by the way while you're having no other gods before me don't make for yourself any graven images and but have you ever thought well why is it that God is so angered by idolatry and image making worshiping those images is it because God doesn't want to be confused with a tree or a bull or the stars or a snake and worship that way well yeah that's part of it but but even more it has everything to do with the way the ancient people use the word image Because ancient people, Jew and Gentile alike, they use this word image to represent, get get this, an unseen king. An image represents an unseen king. Well, God, because he's smart, he takes that idea of image and he takes it to the nth degree and he says, I'll show you what an image really is because what does Genesis chapter one say about you and me and everyone else has ever been created? Male and female created he them in the what? Image of God, he created them. And that's why in verse 15 of Psalm 139, my frame was not hidden from you. Well, what does God put in that frame? He puts his image, which is you and me. God hates idolatry, not just because it misrepresents him, but because it insults people. Why would, why would we make an image when we're made in the image? And when you realize that, and you realize God's prohibitions against idolatry is not just because he's a jealous God, though he's that, but because he's the loving creator of every single person who has ever lived. He put his design in you 
So you get his delight, your delight from him. And, and I just want all the designed people from Good Shepherd to get that. Because I know you. Some of you I know real well. And, and, I, and I know where you try to get your meaning or your contentment or your happiness in life. And, and for some of you, it's that next relationship. And for others of you, it's, it's being in the right subdivision or having the right zip code. And, and still, for others of you, it's how long your resume can be and how impressive that resume can be. And, and, and for others, it's just that desire to be happy or for your kids to be blessed. Listen, listen, don't hear what I'm not saying. All that is good. Every one of you who wants to live a, a good life and provide well for your family and for your kids to thrive, don't feel guilty about any of that. But do know that a good thing has the potential to become the only thing. And when a good thing becomes the only thing, it becomes an idol. And when it becomes an idol, you're addicted to it. And I just want you to put all those good things in your life in perspective and to realize that the source of your delight is not the fact that you've been created so perfectly. It's that you have a perfect creator. And so that the source of your delight in your life would not be in this great design. It would be in the great designer. And we come from that realization that because you're not accidental, there's no way he can be incidental. He belongs in the center. Because who else? Who else? Who else took the sacred space of a mother's womb and grew to sinless perfection in that very place? Who who else emerged from that mother's womb in so many ways to go to the tomb and burst right out of it? Who else knew that he was perfectly created because of his perfecting father? Yeah, who, who else knew the truth of Psalm, Psalm 139 because he had breathed life and truth into it to begin with? Yeah, Jesus, only Jesus find your delight in him. God put his design in you so you'd find your delight in him. Let's pray. God, thank you that this is a, a no accident zone. Thank you that everyone within the sound of my voice was designed for purpose, on purpose, in that most sacred of spaces. Thank you, God, you thought up everything we don't have to think about. Be pleased with our praise right now. In your name we pray. Amen.